And then I uh, and had to uh, do an impromptu trip to go to the impound in Cincinnati to go pick up my car. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guest, I want to mention Fund That Flip because Fund That Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, hello, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and, well, today is Friday and, well, let's see, there's something else significant. Oh, it's the first day of 2016. Happy 2016. I hope you're starting it off doing whatever the heck you want to be doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's Friday and it's the start of a new year, so start it off right. I, I wish you the uh, gift of spending time how you want to spend it in 2016 16, and especially today to set the tone. So today we're going to talk about three things I've learned from the since the last time we spoke on Follow Along Friday, and then I'm going to talk about some miscellaneous stuff. So number one, uh, I was in Texas for the break, um, the holiday break. And uh, I introduced my beautiful and smart and awesome girlfriend to my family. Uh, so Colleen uh, met my family and um, she had met my mom before, but not anybody else. Uh, and I also introduced Colleen to the largest uh, honky tonk in the world, Billy Bob's. Uh, for those of you who are in Texas you, or Dallas, Fort Worth, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a big old uh, country music dance hall. Uh, where they have live music, and we listened to Charlie Robison play on Christmas night there, which was pretty cool. Also saw saw a uh, cattle drive with a bunch of Longhorns in the Fort Worth stockyards, and uh, that was the first time Colleen had been to to Fort Worth, and it was quite a cool experience. Um, while I was there in Dallas, now I'm getting to the relevant part of uh, the real estate conversation. While I was there, I met with investors in my deals. And one of the takeaways I have for you today is, here it is, mix business with pleasure. Mix business with pleasure. Why not? When I am having fun, I am more myself. And when I am more myself, then I connect with people much better than if I'm doing something that's um, not natural or 
if I'm uncomfortable in a bad way in a situation or if I feel like I'm forced to do something or act a certain way and it's not myself, then I don't come across as genuine and I don't connect with people as much. And ultimately, people want to do business with people who they know, like, and trust. That's Everybody's heard of that. And they'll know, like, and trust you much uh, more easily if you're simply genuine. So mix business with pleasure. And specifically, what I mean by that is whenever I was in town, I met with two investors. Uh, each of them inv- have invested in uh, one of one of my uh, apartment communities. And uh, actually, I met with one of them, so they know each other. Um, I met with one of them for the first time ever in person. I had spoken to him on the phone many times, and uh, my first investor, um, invest, we'll call him Investor A, he introduced Investor B, the person I, ha- I hadn't met yet, to me um, after investing my first deal, and he inv- and Investor B invested in my second deal. So that was really cool. Met with them, um, had drinks at I think it's called the Old Monk in Dallas. Uh, really enjoyed it. Had had lots of laughs and had a lot of fun. And <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I had a lot of fun and and built a, a, a relationship with them and and built built on our relationship already. I guess I should say. Um, the second thing is uh well I'll, I'll say that I met with another investor in Dallas. Um, in Coppell, actually. So I guess it's not Dallas, it's Coppell, closer to Fort Worth, probably. And I uh, had breakfast with him. He actually invested in my first deal and he has property in Coppell. It's actually an um, old, old uh, a warehouse slash like gas station in downtown Coppell. And he's trying to figure out what to do with it. He's actually looking for a joint venture. Um, someone who knows and has experience in development in the Dallas Fort Worth area. He was trying. He was picking my brain on on what he thinks I should he should do, and he's he's trying to figure out. Okay, he's got this property. It's in a darn good area. Every everything around it's being revitalized or uh, torn down and built up. Uh, brand new. What should he do, and um, what should he build? Best best and highest use type of thing. Um, so we were talking about that a little bit. And if you happen to have development experience and um, you're into the, the JV stuff, um, then shoot me an email, info at joefairless.com, and uh, perhaps I'll connect you with him and see if see if there's uh, an alignment of interest there. Um, the second thing that I learned, and that was from an experience while I was in Texas, is we drove down from, Colleen and I drove down from Dallas to Houston. We went to Houston to go check out the 155 units that we put under contract. Uh, what, two weeks ago? I talked about this last week, so we put it under contract about two weeks ago. That was, well, first off, the drive was was terrifying because it was raining all the way down there and like flash floods and it, it was, it, I, I, we, we, it would have been better off if we had a speedboat rather than a Dodge Charger that I rented uh, for the week, but um, we made it. And when we got down there, what I like to do is just do all the stuff that I can do in person, but I can't do online. Because if I can do it online, then why the heck am I doing it in person? So uh, what I mean by that is I like to drive um, a couple miles each direction uh, when I get to the property and just look at the different uh, properties that are around it, the different type of businesses. Um, and I got the two mile 
radius thing from Sean Sweeney, uh, who has been a guest on the show, and I'm going to have him back to talk about um, this topic in particular on a, a skill set Sunday, or actually, I guess that'd be a situation Saturday. Um, but whenever I was was down there, um, I also met with um, a a new client of mine, or he hasn't. He, we we haven't finalized the contract yet, but it's it's likely that's going to happen. Um, and it showed him the 250 units in uh, Houston that we closed on, and then 17 minutes away, this 155 unit that we've got. Um, in addition to that, uh, what I what I also like to do is when I'm driving those 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 two miles in each direction, um, I like to come back to the property and just look at the overall condition of it. That gives me a sense of pride of ownership and um, helps helps me understand the story behind the story we're being told because it's one thing to be told um you know this is a uh, a property that um the owners look into cash out and move to you know the bahamas and and just enjoy life well i've heard that story one too many times and not that the story is not that that's a story for this 155 units but point is that you always want to look around, look at the condition. Um, if you can talk to people while you're kind of just driving by or walking by, then then talk to them. Um, just ask them, oh, hey, uh, I, I've, been, I've been looking at this area. What do you think of the area? What do you think of this apartment community? Um, do you like living here sort of thing? Just, just kind of get some anecdotal feedback and get a sense of the community and the community vibe because the, the lower or the higher your retention is, uh, the higher your NOI is and the lower amount of headaches you'll have and the higher profitability that you'll have because the as any single-family homeowner will know, the highest expense owning single-family homes as an investment property, the highest recurring expense is turnover, tenant turnover. I mean, that can wipe out your profits for a year, with one turnover or two years or three years. I mean, if, if you're making 150 bucks a month and then you, it, you know, it costs $5,000 to do the turnover, we'll do the math. I mean, that's, that's an incredible um, amount of money that you have to recoup. So, and I just did that math and it's uh what? 30%, 30%. Uh, well, let's say 150 times 12, 1800 divided by 5,000. Yeah, take you three years, three years to recoup that. So um, that's that's why checking out and getting a sense of the community vibe is so important. And it's a soft skill, and it's a skill that will need to be refined over time. And you ask through those some of those questions that I I just mentioned. Um, but you want to just get a sense of pride of ownership and what type of repositioning job will it take, and you'll you'll clearly get a better idea during the walkthroughs when you're going unit to unit and talking to the residents, but you'll you'll also get a good um, sense of what the property's like in the community vibe just by doing the the drive-throughs and 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 talking anecdotally with um, the residents who are are there and who you can come across. The third thing that I learned is that this takes time, especially when you're selling a property. When 
you're buying single family homes. And but when I say this takes time, it's apartment communities. Apartment communities, it takes time to buy them and sell them. Um, because there's a lot of of due diligence that should be done. And there's if it's being financed, lenders take time. I mean, you know this, but it might not be as apparent if you're a single family investor and you're used to buying single family homes. Because you know, as a single family home investor before I was a multifamily home investor, I I was closing on single family homes, what, in 30 days if I had cash, uh, 90 days at most. But the, and it was such a simple process when you buy a single family home and go through, going through the inspection, et cetera. It, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Whereas with multifamily, the process is the same, but there are more sub-bullets underneath each of the steps in the process. Um, there are more reports that need to be done, and there's more uh, outside-the-box thinking, for sure, that needs to take place uh, with larger apartment communities. Now, I know with single-family homes, you can acquire them through very creative methods. So I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the acquisition strategy. I'm purely talking about once you've agreed upon the price and everything, it's the actual closing or acquisition of an apartment community. That's what I'm talking about. There's a lot more involved because there should be, quite frankly. There are high dollar amounts. Um, so that's the case. And, and I mentioned that it takes time because the 168 units that I have um, in Cincinnati, it's not the contract has not been finalized yet. It's been about a month and a half, but we are continuing to move forward uh, because uh, we have a good offer and we have a good property to sell. Uh, but there's also the uh, complication of it being a master lease. Uh, we got it through a master lease. So there's a, a third party involved as well. Um, so between the three parties, well, each of us is represented by an attorney. We all want the same thing. Um, which is the successful transaction of the property that um, accomplishes everyone's business objectives. Uh, but it takes time to get to that point. And um, that's the third thing that's, you know, whenever I, I, I think that, uh, whenever, I, whenever I listen to people who are interviewed on other podcasts or, um, I read books. I read, you know, a lot of books on this stuff. It sometimes appears as though this happens relatively quickly. Well, it's important to ask people what was the timeline when, when next time. In fact, here's the challenge: next time you hear someone talk about a deal they've done, ask them to get into exhaustive, excruciating detail on their timeline for making that happen. How did? When did they start looking for a property? What did they do? How much money, if any, did they spend? They spent some sort of money, something, um, to get it. Even if it's direct mail, even if it's a broker relationship, you know, taking him or her out to dinner, whatever it is. Get get into the weeds of the the case study that they're presenting, um, and just gain a better understanding of the time frame and the the costs involved in making it happen because while it might not be mo- significant monetary costs because it's possible 
um, for multifamily to not have significant monetary costs. Certainly, there's time involved. And it would be interesting to learn and, and, and continue to um, reflect on how much time it takes to make it happen. And, but here's the deal. When it does happen, it's a significant event. Um, it's a significant financial event. And that's the beauty of multifamily in that you can do the multiple uh, transactions at once once you get good at it, once you once you be have the right team in place, you can do multiple transactions at once, and then when it takes takes the time that it takes, uh, when those they actually close, then then you're uh, left with a substantial portfolio. That's that's one of the reasons why I love multifamily. So to recap, um, one mix business with pleasure. It's okay, mix business with pleasure. Be genuine. Know your boundaries. I'm looking at you. Yes, you know your boundaries, <laughs> but uh, be genuine. And when you're genuine and you have fun, you can mix business with pleasure and um, connect with people on a real human level, real human level. Number two, when you visit properties, drive two miles in every direction. This is uh, before you have it under contract or right after, two miles in every direction and uh, get a sense of the area, go to the grocery store and uh, look to see who, who's shopping at the grocery store. What kind of cars are they driving? You'll get a really good sense of your resident. I got that tip from Sean Sweeney as well. And then also get a sense of the type of community vibe it is uh, and the the type of attitude that the residents have towards the uh, community and, and the property itself. And then three, it takes time, my friends. Best ever listeners, it takes time to do larger transactions. Um, I was just meeting with a new client of mine and his wife uh, the other day. Uh, she is Chinese. Uh, he is not. Uh, he they're they're from. Uh, she, she she's from China. He they live in Austin. Um, he's he's from Cincinnati, but he lives in Austin. And one thing that she said that really stuck with me is. Our culture, the the American culture, uh, it's so instant gratification esque, and we get so focused on. Well, I'm going to do this for you know, however long, a, t- two weeks, a year, six months, whatever it is. And if I don't have this result by this time, then forget it. She was telling me when she starts a new business venture for the first two years, she doesn't expect to make any money she wants to be um learning she focused she put such an emphasis on learning um she wants to be learning and then at that point at the two-year mark then you start really going into high gear with the the profitability but that's one thing that it really does separate the the people who achieve average things to the people who achieve what would be perceived from outsiders looking in as outstanding things. And that is the, and I've talked about this before, the consistent commitment to doing one action towards your goal on a daily basis uh, and then sticking with it. That's why I do the daily podcast. There's no other crazy person out there uh, who is in real estate 
who does a daily podcast in real estate for as long as I have that I'm aware of. If there's someone out there who's done a daily podcast for as long as I have, let me know and I'll stop saying that. But I'm not aware of anybody. And what this podcast has allowed me to do is build a relationship with you. Get to know um, many of you who have reached out to me. And you can always email me, info, I-N-F-O, at joefairless.com. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, and build that relationship and the business results from this podcast and doing the consistent action have been tremendous for me, both from uh, finding new properties, finding off-market deals, bringing in new uh, investor capital, bringing in clients, um, and then ultimately bringing in friendships and um, just just making uh, my life richer in every sense of the word. So, it takes time and use that time while you're while you're doing the work to appreciate the process. Um, so that's the third thing. Miscellaneous things very quickly. Um, rock and rolling on the book. Uh, the best real estate investing advice ever book, volume one. It will be um, top insights from my first 100 episodes. That's me coming out. I don't know when, <laughs> maybe in a month or two. We'll see. Uh, trying to get it out soon. Uh, that's going to be coming out. Uh, I got towed whenever I got back from Cincinnati. I was like going to meet uh, a new client of mine who is visiting from Chicago and, and he's in, he was in Cincinnati. Uh, I didn't realize, so this is what I learned, that you can't park in one place for more than 24 hours in Hyde Park in Cincinnati. Um, I ended up Instead of uh, instead of driving to the investor meeting, I ended up having to walk to the meeting because uh, it's actually shorter than than taking Uber uh, or a short amount of time. And then I uh, and had to uh, do an impromptu trip to go to the impound in Cincinnati to go pick up my car because I parked it. Uh, so when I went to Texas, I'd parked it overnight or many nights, like six, seven nights on the street and apparently can't do that in Cincinnati. So that's one thing I learned. Don't park your car in Cincinnati for more than 24 hours, at least in Hyde Park. Uh, three, I want to um, challenge anybody who's in Fort Worth to uh, go to the Fort Worth Stockyards and see if you can beat mine and Colleen and Alexis. Alexis is my niece. She's a freshman at Texas Tech University. Alexis's record of 20 minutes <laughs> of being in the maze and getting all the letters M-A-Z-E in the Fort Worth Stockyards maze um, and then beat our mark of 20 minutes. Um, by the way, the record is four minutes. So it's, uh, well, we were competitive though, because it's tough to find that Z, at least it was for us. You have to find each of the letters in the maze. Um, and if you do, let me know and I'll give you a virtual high five as well as who knows, whatever else. If I, if I got something, uh, info at joefairless.com. Um, and, or you can tweet me at joefairless. Lastly, on a, uh, a serious note, I, I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to uh, those who were uh, affected by the tornadoes and bad weather in Dallas, Fort Worth, and, and throughout Texas. Um, I uh, was visiting my brother at the time of those tornadoes last week, and um, we were 13 miles west of Garland at the time when the uh, tornado hit. Um, and uh, destroy the, the the community there. So I want to just give my, my thoughts and prayers to uh, those who were affected, those families who were affected, and um, 
uh, know that uh, we're thinking about you. And if there's anything um, I can do, then again, let me know info at joefairless.com. With that being said, my friends, I wish you a, a, a 2016 that is your best year ever. Uh, you deserve it. You deserve it. That's one piece of advice that Barbara Corcoran got whenever she was up and coming by someone. Someone looked at her and they're like, Barbara, you deserve to be here. You deserve to be here. And she wasn't there yet, but she believed that she deserved to be there. And you do too. So wish you the best ever 2016 and I will talk to you tomorrow. I want to mention FundNetFlip because FundNetFlip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. Familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects.